This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, April 23rd, 2021. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, the need for a global minimum tax on the foreign profits of corporations. The plight of Bangladeshi garment workers eight years after the Rana Plaza disaster. The Labour Start report about union events and singing. From the slums of New York City to the streets of Bangladesh. Hundred years of struggle, it ain't over yet. This is Radio Labour. For decades, multinational corporations have been able to shift profits to lower taxing countries, resulting in governments around the world losing about $600 billion a year in tax revenue. But efforts to tax the foreign profits of these corporations are intensifying. For example, the Biden administration in the United States has recently proposed a corporate minimum tax rate of 21%. To find out more about the proposal, I talked to Toby Sanger. Mr. Sanger is the executive director of Canadians for Tax Fairness. I asked him why demands for a global corporate minimum tax rate are increasing. Well, this is a part of Biden's uh, Made in America tax plan, which is actually really quite ambitious. We've had this massive problem in which the large multinationals around the world American, Canadian, European, have been able to get away with paying extremely low rates of corporate tax internationally. They've been able to take advantage of profit and tax shifting and tax havens to reduce their tax rates to less than 10% in many instances. For instance, the Silicon Six, Global, Facebook, Amazon, and others, pay an estimated approximately 8% tax on their corporate profits globally. That's about a third of what the effective tax rate should be across those jurisdictions. So what we've had over a number of years, decades, is large multinational global corporations being able to especially take advantage of tax havens to reduce their taxes This means less money for governments worldwide, in the United States, in Canada, in Europe, around the world, and particularly for lower-income countries. But it's also led to increasing corporate concentration. So these companies have become more and more powerful, more and more concentrated. Smaller businesses and domestic manufacturers have suffered. It's led to offshoring in a whole lot of different countries. It's effectively increased the power of capital and also reduced the power of labor. Companies like Walmart, Uber, and others are especially able to take advantage of this. And so they have really edged out the competition, which often pays fair wages. And so this is really important for labor. Now, just to be clear, the 21% global minimum corporate tax rate proposed is for the foreign earnings of U.S.-based multinationals. And this is all connected to discussions, negotiations that have been taking place 
through the OECD, that's the Rich Countries Club, uh, basically, but they've opened their doors to some extent to countries around the world on what they call base erosion profit shifting. So there's been pretty intense discussions about reforming the international corporate tax system, which the former head of the IMF said a couple of years ago was broken. Uh, Some of these corporations have got hundreds of subsidiaries. Most of them are empty shell corporations, and they ship their profits all around the world. I think most people are aware of this. The extent of it is massive. I mean, the IMF estimated that close to 40% of foreign direct investment overseas is basically phantom investments in shell corporations. And IMF also estimated that governments around the world lose about $600 billion in revenues because of this corporate tax shifting. Who are fighting to have a safe workplace, who are fighting to have a gender-based violence-free workplace. Eight years ago, on April 24, 2013, the collapse of a garment-producing building at the Rana Plaza in Bangladesh killed 1,200 mainly young women workers and injured another 2,400. The country has about 4,000 factories employing about 4 million workers. To find out the state of working conditions for garment workers in Bangladesh today, I talked to Kalpona Akhtar. Ms. Akhtar is the executive director of the Bangladesh Centre for Worker Solidarity. I asked her to describe Bangladesh's garment workers. They're basically factory workers who produce clothes for these brands. They are sewers, like machine operators, who sew the clothes. These are the young female workers who are making clothes in those factories. Majority of them young female workers. These are the young female workers who had a dream they came from the countryside and they had a dream that when they come to the city and get the job, and these jobs will change their life, okay? Uh, they will have respectable wages, they will have a good life. But when they come into the city and getting a job in the factory, their dream never come true. They're ending up their life with a poverty wages jobs. These women pulling their life in this long shifting hour in those factories, they don't have any savings, nor they do have a house, which we can call a decent house. These women workers, over 30% of their wages for their housing only, it's a rental house. It's not a dream house. It's like 10 by 10 concrete room. Sometimes they don't have windows. These are the women export income for the country. Like 80% of our export income coming from this garment industry. But these, these women's life is not safe up there. These are the women who cannot provide enough protein for their families. They buy vegetables or fish sometimes from the market. So these are the women we are talking about who are pulling their lives and fighting to have their union boys at workplace, who are fighting to have a safe workplace, who are fighting to have a gender-based violence-free workplace. What does your organization want to see happen to help the garment workers in Bangladesh? Our organization, we're fighting to have a job with dignity. This clothing industry creates a job for workers here, the young men and women, but these jobs are not dignified because the workers don't have a living wage here. The workers are fighting for safe workplace, literally safe work 
things that uh, we are not dying in the factory when we are working. We are fighting together to have workers, union boys, workers are free to exercise their union in the factories. We are fighting together. We are fighting together for retailers to act and give a commitment, a public commitment to a living wage and care about their workers in their supply chain. Here with his report about union events is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Each day, Labor Start's volunteers collect hundreds of news items about the struggles of workers and their unions from around the world in 36 languages. Here's a small sample of that work. Our top story section included links to coverage of the global labor movement's reaction to the sentencing of a Hong Kong trade union leader to prison, more calls from unions for national governments to act against the military regime in Myanmar, and a rally in Bangladesh in which five workers died after the police opened fire on them. Their crime? Demanding unpaid wages. From our Working Women page, our volunteers found news of a big victory for gender equality in Somali workplaces, McDonald's reactions to claims of sexual harassment and gender-based violence in virtually every country where it has a restaurant, and the hotel workers in Canada who were locked out when their union complained about mass firings, with the pandemic, of course, being used as an excuse. We also carried items calling for the release of dozens of Sri Lankan women detained for months in Saudi Arabia. These workers are victims of the Kafala labor contracting system. The free health and safety newswire we offer in cooperation with Hazards magazine included stories detailing the shift in COVID-19 hotspots from long-term care facilities and other medical institutions to workplaces. The trend is established and increasing. Reports to this effect in just the last 24 hours have come in from Ireland, Canada, India, Australia, Brazil, Colombia, and the Philippines. We also had stories covering the massive impact of the pandemic on India's internal migrant worker population and on women workers, and the negative impact of proposed changes to South Africa's workplace compensation system. Our photo of the week is of healthcare workers in the Dominican Republic. Earlier this week, they were out in the streets protesting massive layoffs in their sector. These layoffs are just one example of employers and governments using the pandemic to implement neoliberal labor policies, even when doing so jeopardizes the pandemic response. No, Bogart, you got to be quiet for just, just a second, Bogart. Just there, relax. Okay, here. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Thank you, Bogart. I was able to get through that. No cats were harmed in the production of this program. Now here are the low tide drifters with every stitch. In New York's garment district, a century ago, flames swept through a sweatshop where young women came to sew. They tried to flee to safety, but they found the stairwells locked. Some perished from the smoking fire, some fell on the hard sidewalk. Present day in Bangladesh, 11 stories high. Workers stand before the glass, how they wish that 
every stitch of clothing someone sweats away unseen while the tangle of threads of justice unravel at the seams from the slums of New York City to the streets of Bangladesh hundred years of struggle it ain't over yet in the ashes of disaster Along a global chain of greed and pain in from the public view. For every stitch of clothing, someone sweats away unseen. While the tangled threads of justice unravel at the seams. From the slums of New York City to the streets of Bangladesh. Hundred years of struggle. of clothing someone sweats away unseen while the tangled threads of justice unravel at the seams from the slums of New York City to the streets of Bangladesh hundred years of struggle it ain't over yet no hundred years of struggle And that's it. International labor news you can use. You can find our features and daily newscasts at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.